Sufficient shall be a supply. The flame.
City Hebrew Baptist Church. Good to see you all here this morning. Let's all stand as we read scripture back to God and to each other. This morning's scripture is Isaiah chapter 25 verses 1 and 9. Read with me please. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have accomplished wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. On that day it will be said, Look, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. And let's indeed rejoice together.
holiness of his goodness and grace to us. sing forever. Holy, holy, holy to the Lord God Almighty.
Good morning once again, folks. It's good to have you all here with us. Uh, if we have any visitors with us this morning, please let me invite you to fill out a Connect card. Uh, you can do that one of two ways. Either on the pew in front of you, there is a QR code that you can scan, and then you can fill that out electronically. Or uh, if you, at the end of the service, if you go out these double doors and immediately to the left, you will find our Next Steps desk and they will have a paper copy there that you can fill out. We ask you to fill out a visitor's card and uh, let us know that you're here. Uh, if you fill it out electronically, be sure to stop by the Next Steps desk before you leave as well. And if you are a first time visitor, we have a gift for you there. So be sure to pick that up as well. Uh, we here at Hebrew Baptist Church exist to help you with your next step toward Christ. And whether that is uh, your first step, which would be to accept him as Savior, or uh, perhaps uh, your next step is to join a life group or a D group, or perhaps go on a mission trip, uh, maybe baptism, whatever is your next step toward Christ, uh, we are here to help you with that. And uh, again, you can get information about uh, any of those activities at our Next Steps desk uh, immediately after the service. So be sure to stop by there and uh, talk to the folks there and they'll be glad to help you out. Okay, we are gathered together here to worship God and we've had a great start this morning. I love both of those songs. Uh, they're, they're just such wonderful worship songs and, and I love both of those. Uh, so we are gathered here to worship God and uh, part of Part of that is to speak to God, and uh, we're going to speak to God in prayer this morning, so please join me in prayer. Father, we are grateful that we have the opportunity to gather here together to uh, listen to your word preached, and, and, uh, but most of all, Father, to worship you, to uh, gather together here as, as a, a corporate body and to uh, lift our praise and worship to you. And so, Father, this morning we... We pray that uh, we would indeed be in an in a, uh, attitude of worship this morning. Uh, Father, help us to, to realize that uh, you have spoken to us, uh, not only in these corporate times through your, through your word, but Father, even in our own quiet times, you speak to us through your word. And Father, we pray that we would be faithful to all that you have commanded us in your word. We know we fall far short many times, but Father, we, we just plead the blood of Jesus Christ to cover our sins. And Father, we, we uh, ask that uh, through the Holy Spirit, you might empower us to live a righteous life for you, a life that would be a testimony to those around us as well. This morning, we also pray for uh, Chris and Rhonda Richard there in Buenos Aires and their mission work. Uh, we think particularly of two individuals that they have asked us to pray for their salvation. Uh, M and A is all we know about their names, but Father, we know who you know who they are. And so, Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit might work in their lives and uh, through Ron and, and Chris or uh, Rhonda and Chris or uh, through other Christian individuals that they come in contact, that they would uh, hear your word clear and and uh, Father, that they would turn their hearts to you and that they might uh, take that first step toward the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. 
And then, Father, we also pray for our uh, Bible conference coming up this afternoon. Father, we pray that uh, we might have good attendance, number one. And, Father, that those who attend would be attentive and uh, would listen carefully to what is being said. Father, we know that, uh, that you will speak to us. And we trust that the Spirit of God, your Spirit, will enlighten us and will uh, speak to us. And, Father, that we might learn something there. And, uh, Father, that will help us in our life in the coming days. For it's in Christ's name we ask this all. Final scripture this morning for the introduction is from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you always, praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer, because of your partnership in the gospel from the very first day until now. I'm very sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's stand to our feet and let's sing that truth to each other. Yeah. 
Turning your copy of God's Word to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. Uh, if you're following along in the Pew Bible, it's in front of you if you'd like to read from that translation. It's page 2, the very last line of page 2. Some of you were cheering for us to be on page 3 this week. Uh, we're not quite there, uh, but you will read on page 3 today. For those of you, we are joking because we are reading through and working our way through uh, Genesis, the book of Genesis this year. And so we've been steadily walking through creation account, God making us in his image, how God has created male and female, how we last week talked about how sin uh, ensnares us and how we can face temptation. And today we now look at the effects of the fall from God's design. And so that's where we are today. And so we are going to begin in verse 8 of chapter 3. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Then he asked, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man replied, the woman you gave to, uh, gave to be with me, 
She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. So the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than any livestock and more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He said to the woman, I will intensify your labor pains. You will bear children children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband, yet he will rule over you. And he said to the man, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. And you are dust, and you will return to dust. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. The Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming whirling sword east of the garden of Eden to guard the way to the tree of life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come today uh, humble, knowing that your word has been given to us for our edification, for our growth, but ultimately, Lord, so that we know that we might look more like your son, Jesus. As you have saved us, given us your spirit, you have called us to obey, and you are refining us by fire to remove the sin from our lives. And so today, as we deal with this difficult topic, Lord, may we be, be obedient, be mindful, and Lord, allow the word now to search our hearts and minds so that we might confess and that we might be forgiven in you. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, we, there was a man who had gone on an overseas trip and as he returned home, he got deathly ill. And uh, he woke up in like a padded room with, with a bed. There was nobody in there. And he went to the door and he tried to open the door. The door was locked from the outside. And about that time, the phone in the room rang. And he, he answered the phone and, and it, it was a doctor. The doctor said, sir, I... We hate to tell you, but somewhere on your travels, you have gotten a, a sickness or a disease, and we've run every test, and we've, we've tried everything, and we do not know how, uh, how you've got it, what to do about it. It's extremely nasty, and so uh, we, we don't even know how to slow it down at this point. And the man was very concerned. And so he said, so doctor, what, what is your plans? What, what are you going to do? And he said, well, we're going to feed you pizzas and pitas and tortillas and pancakes. And the man said, 
And do you think that's going to cure me? And he said, no, that's the only thing we can slip under the door to you. So we don't, we don't know what we're going to do yet. You know, that, that man was uh, frightened, concerned about what disease he had gotten. But here's the thing. When we read the scriptures, we know the problem that ails humanity. We know our biggest problem. We know our biggest problem is sin. We know the effects of sin has destroyed us, has destroyed our world, has destroyed relationships, and we know the problem. And thankfully, God has also given us the cure. But when we have read through Genesis so far, we truly understand why theologians and pastors call this the fall. We begin with God's glorious design, God's wonderful way of life, designing us in his image. Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the evening with God daily, that, he, that, that everything was right in the world. And then, in chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned and disobeyed God. We know the problem, we know what happened, but the fall is powerful because it has undone everything that God has meant for good for us. Now today, we are going to look at the effects of the fall and, and prayerfully, it would be a warning to us to deal with sin in our own life so that we don't continue these effects that we bring on ourselves. Now, you might be sitting here today and you say, oh great, I invited a friend today and the pastor's just going to tell us everything that's wrong with us. Sin and, and all the bad things. I'm going to have to apologize to them. At the end. Well, friends, we cannot avoid talking about sin. We can't talk, avoid talking about it because the Bible talks about it. But I think it's important for us to talk about the power of, and the, the, the disaster and the effects of sin because... First of all, sin and talking about it reminds us that we're all in the same boat. It keeps us from looking down on other people because we are just as sinful as the person next to us. We understand that we struggle. We understand that sin has touched us all. The Bible reminds us none is righteous, not one of us. Secondly, sin reminds us that we are dependent on God. We will never look for the lifeboat if we don't think we're in trouble. And we need to be reminded that we are sinners, that we are in need of saving, and that we need a Savior to do it. And that only Savior is Jesus Christ. We also, I believe, unfortunately, as even as Christians have grown to minimalize sin, to make it justifiable, to maybe even think of it as less than it really is in God's eyes. We think, wrongly, unbiblically, that we've received our get-out-of-jail-free card from trusting Jesus. We were baptized one day when we were seven, and we don't have to worry about that anymore. We don't have to worry about fighting sin. It'll all work itself out later. But that's not what the Bible tells us we continue on in sin that means that Christ is not in us 
But it also reminds us that we are called and saved in Christ to continually grow in Christ. So we for, therefore should always be killing sin. Or as the theologian said, the Puritan said, sin will be killing us. We need to be reminded of the effects of sin and the presence of sin so that we might understand the glorious good news and the power of Jesus that we can walk free of sin and live outside and one day prayerfully, thankfully, when in heaven outside of its grasp. So today, what I want to do is look at three reasons or three ways that sin impacts our life that would challenge us to run away from sin. The first one, if you're taking notes in your phone or in the bulletin, number one, sin creates a broken relationship with God and the need for confession. Sin creates a broken relationship with God and a need for confession. Here we see the events of the garden. It shows one of the most important effects of the fall or of sin in God, uh, Adam and Eve's disobedience. The relationship between Adam and Eve and God changed. What changed? Well, we see that it is broken. Adam and Eve, instead of running to God, walking with God, what did they do? They ran and hid. And so too, what happens to us when we know and allow sin to live in our lives? We know that sin breaks our relationship with God, but ultimately it keeps us from the forgiveness that we can receive from him. And God examines these two with two questions. First, he asks, where are you? Now, which is really comical because we know God in his omniscience, he knows where they are. He doesn't, need, he doesn't really need that question asked, but he notices to bring to their attention that he, they're no longer coming to him, but instead they're running away from him. This is a total 180 from them being in God's presence and walking with God daily. They, instead of coming to God, hide. Because sin, sin, brings upon us shame and guilt and condemnation that there's something wrong that we are we aren't worthy to be near God we don't want him to know what we've done and we don't do that just to God do we we do that to other people for those of you who are guests today I have a 13 a 6 and a 3 year old Parker our 3 year old right about when I was his age I remember a time in our backyard in Roanoke, Virginia, we had a, a, a stone building, like a, a, a shed, and um, I noticed that the window, somehow, that, that there was a little hole in the glass. And I don't know how it got there, I don't know what happened, uh, but I was like, wait a second, I'm wondering if I can do the same thing with the glass. So for some reason, for fun, if the, if the glass is already broken, it's not going to be too big a deal if I just put more holes in it. So I just started to pick up rocks and just trying to see if I could hit the glass. Well, I did. And about the second rock, the whole thing shattered in it. I don't know if it was the sound. I don't know what it was. But at that moment, I was like, 
oh no, dad is going to kill me. And I changed that day. My dad comes to comes home from work what's the first thing that I want to do as a three-year-old boy I want to tackle I want a rough house I want to I want to hug him I want to do fun things we want to chase the dog we're going to do all those things but that day mm -mm, Sean hid Sean didn't want to be found by dad Sean didn't want to find out what happened the same way happened to Adam and Eve and for the first time instead of running to meet God they ran away this is when he admits why are, are he at God asks why did you run from me where are you why are you hiding from me God again already knows the answer this is for their own knowledge for their own understanding and they answer well because I'm naked and I'm ashamed see this guilt drives us from God this is what we see here but God answers who told you or at, at another question, who told you that you were naked? Well, obviously he knew how this happened. He even answered it. He said, have, have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to eat from? The original Hebrew order is, did you from the tree I commanded you eat? God was asking Adam, did you violate my word? Friends, we talk about sin as a broad category, but sin is anything that we do that, that disobeys God, that rejects God, that alters his word, that is against him, his mission, or his word. And he is seeking something from them. This question is probing. Adam, Eve, where are you? What have you done? Who told you this? What happened? God is wanting him to confess come to him about his sin here this we must be reminded that God is calling for us to confess our sin because when we confess our sin it is when we can truly be forgiven instead of running away from my dad if I would have faced him that very first moment I could have gotten my consequences, gotten my punishment. And guess what? I probably still could have roughhoused or been with dad the rest of that day. But I took on the guilt and shame and I punished myself for it. God is saying, confess to me and I will forgive you. But what did Adam and Eve do? They blamed everybody else, right? Adam, what did he do? He blamed God. God if you hadn't given me this woman, the one that I saw and said, whoa, man, now I wish you'd never given her to me because she tricked me. And then she, he looked at Eve. Eve said, well, it was the serpent. The serpent did this. Don't we all blame shift when we sin? That it's everybody else's problem but ours? If I haven't been born into this family, if you hadn't made me mad, if you hadn't done this thing, if you'd only done what I wanted you to do, I wouldn't have been this way. Friends, there are many circumstances in our life, but none of them make us sin. We have the choice and the self-control and the ability that the Holy Spirit within us that we do not have to sin. 
God is reminding us here in the garden that there is no excuse for our sin. But even better, that through confession, that the relationship can be restored. The first step of getting right with God is repentance, admitting that we're sinners, running away from sin, coming to the person who can grant us forgiveness. And through that, the good news that God has given us through the gospel of Jesus Christ is that if we come to him, we can be forgiven. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, the deceiver was still working even though he wasn't present. He wanted Adam and Eve to think that staying away from God is the best plan when they sin. But oh no, friends, the Bible tells us the best thing that we can do is go to God because he is quick and faithful to forgive. Would this God our relationships all the better when we sin? Instead of running and keeping and hiding and and doing the things to avoid the tough conversation or admitting that we were wrong or, or keeping us. And what happens? We have relationships. Some of you are part of families who are apart because somebody's not willing to admit that they're wrong. Friends, the first step for us is to go and get and grant forgiveness. If there's something today Ask yourself, maybe there's something that you need to confess to God today. You know, the Lord keeps prompting. It keeps coming up in your devotions. Through songs that you sing about, it keeps drawing your mind to. And you know, you need to confess. Well, friend, come to the open arms of God who wants to forgive you. Remember, there is no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. If we have been saved by Christ, we are not put away. We are not forever away. But instead, we have an, an omnipotent, wonderful God who wants to forgive us. So, brother and sister, is there something you need to confess to God today? Is there something you need to confess to someone else today? Brother, sister, you are not going to get and move through this unless you confess and repent and begin to restore relationship to God and others. What is that that you need to confess to God today? Secondly, sin causes a new painful way of life. Sin causes a new painful way way of life. Verse 14 through 19, we see what happens in the fall. The Lord says to the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed more than any livestock. You are more than any wild animal. You will move on your belly and eat dust all your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and, and you will strike his heel. He said to the woman, <coughs> I will intensify your labor pains and will bear children with painful effort. Your desire will be for your husband, and yet he will rule over you. Then he said to the man, because you listened to your wife uh, and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, do not eat from it. 
The ground is cursed because of you. You will eat from it by means of painful labor all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles. You will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your brow until you return to the ground since you were taken from it for you are dust and you will return to dust. Friends, I want us to make sure that we see that there is severe consequence to our sin, not only in the garden, but ongoing. When we look and see what happens, God created the world and saw that it was very good and was pure from destruction that when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, not only did that did things go wrong, it, it brought sin into the whole world. Everything, all of creation was touched now by the sin of man. And as we read this, we understand that when God cursed Satan, Adam, and Eve, it was the direct undoing of creation. What was the promise in Genesis chapter 128? God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the bird of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. So what happens? Well, the judgment unravels from the back to the front. What happens to the creatures? Well, the, no living creature is not cursed by sin now. The snake is now more cursed than the cattle and beasts, but all the beasts are cursed. Everything, the, the serpent has to slither on its belly, but now everything is, attacked, uh, is changed. Uh, before the fall, animals uh, were herbivores and they ate vegetables. The, the uh, lion laid down with the lamb, the the seal played tag with the great white. Tom and Jerry got along. Everything was going great. But sin entered the world and predators hunted prey. And death affected everyone. What else happened? Well, Satan, he would be killed for tempting God's image. We see one day that Satan will be thrown in the lake of fire, that they will be judged. What else will happen? Be fruitful, childbearing, the joy of multiplying will now carry pain. Living with a wife who's experienced it, I know how painful, to where all of you ladies said, no, you don't really know how painful it is. That was the undoing of what God wanted. And the blessing of filling the land is now struggling as it's still happening and bringing even greater pain today. Family, conflict, and marriage will occur as women long to rule over men. They will turn to dominate men. Because, why? Adam stood by and subverted the creation order. It says Eve was there. She ate from the apple and gave it to Adam who was with her. He stayed silent. He didn't correct her. He didn't say, no, remember what God said? He didn't say, hey, remember, God told us not to do it. Instead, he, was, uh, he, was, uh, uh, he just allowed sin to take hold of his family and his wife. He was deceived instead of protecting her with the word. And he allowed her to take the spiritual lead in the marriage in following her into sin. Friends, this is just an aside. But God says, because of this, Adam, because you listened to your wife. Friends, men, we will be held accountable to God for our spiritual leadership. 
God is looking to us and called us to lead. We need to understand that we must teach our wives and our children the word. We must restore them when they're in sin quickly. We must help them and hold them accountable. Ladies, you are to respect your husband and submit, not because Eve didn't, but because this is how God designed it to be. And in the beginning, we see that family marital relationships have upended because sin came to the world. Friends, you would be good to make sure that you follow God's order for the family. And men, be the leaders that God has called you to be. What else? Work. Be fruitful and multiply. Be, toil the ground. Work. Well, what was to happen? Well, God allowed the vegetation to be slow until Adam began to work and then it sprung forth. That God wanted it to, uh, humanity to subdue the earth. Well, what happens now? Because of your work, it's going to be even harder. I have to spray my grass now to keep dandelions away because of the fall. All of these things are harder and worse because of Adam allowing sin to reign. And then finally, you will return to the dust because you are dust. Disobedience and sin causes death. May we not get over that fearful reminder of Scripture. Sin causes death. Continuing in sin causes spiritual death. Death is the judgment for sin. We know this on two levels. They were no longer able to eat from the tree of life. And sin and our bodies begin to decay. So when we see a, one, a loved one who dies, who gets cancer, we see floods that kill people, we see shootings, we see divorce, we see families falling, falling apart, we see the effects of sin. But we also know the spiritual death that comes when we sin and are separated from God. Friends, there's a reminder to us that there's often that God will not pull us from the consequence of our sin. That what we do and how we behave and how we disobey, the consequence of sin will be there. But there's only one way for us to be forgiven, and that's through Jesus Christ. Let us not take lightly of sin. Let us not forget the effects of sin on our lives, on our relationships, on our families, in our churches, and the world. And let us run from it, or it will be killing us. Third and finally, sin calls out for God's grace. Sin calls out for God's grace. In verse 20 through 24, the man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all li living the Lord God made clothing from skins from the man and the wife, and he clothed them. Lord God said, since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out and take from the tree of life, eat and live forever. So the man, sorry, the Lord God sent him away from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and flaming, whirling sword east of the garden to guard the way to the tree of life. 
The effects of sin are so devastating. But God kicks, God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden. But if you look closely, you still see the glimpse of grace. That our sin, our God still loves us more. That we know that, that even we are more sinful than we dared to believe. But we are more loved than we ever hoped at the same time. Look how closely we see the importance of faith and grace. Adam responds in faith, even to God, as he names Eve the mother of the living, showing, his, showing that even in this, that God was providing and not killing them dead right on the spot, that there is a measure of grace that God is doing, and that in that, that God was going to provide for them through even procreation. But then God takes a next step. He covers them. Now, there's some who believe. Uh, there's two different thoughts in this, that God created coverings. But others who believe that the first sacrifice was given, that God showed the pattern that, that there must be death to get clothing, that there were animals killed to cover Adam and Eve. In others, to cover our sin. The first understanding that there, the, the sacrifice of blood was to cover for the sins to grant forgiveness. Here, even God was caring for his children who he had created, given them everything, but he re they rejected him, and still God was giving grace. Another moment that we see that God kicked them out of the garden. We say, well, that doesn't sound very good. Well, by kicking them out of the garden, he was sending them away from the tree of life because in a forever state, there would have been no hope for them. But here, the greatest news of all was buried in the curse of the serpent. In verse 15, he said that your offspring will be against her offspring and he will crush your head and you will bite his heel. This is what many call the proto-evangelion, the, the before good news, the earliest of good news, that they didn't know, he didn't reveal Jesus, he didn't say the whole plan, but here it is, that the serpent, the deceiver, would be crushed one day by one of the descendants of Eve. And who was that? Only the curse breaker, the death defeater, the one who will one day take us to heaven. The one who paid for our sins on the cross. Jesus Christ. Here at the very beginning there was hope for sinners. From the very beginning. And this we see that sin calls out for grace. And God answers. We see that it is in this that we will be freed from the power of sin. Not only in this world. But when we're in the sin in the next world. Well, there will be no sin, no crying, no shame. And yet there will be forgiveness and walking again with God. Ephesians 2 lays this out, this journey that happens in this grace when he says, we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclination of our hearts and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath and others were also, but God, the best two words in all scripture who is rich in mercy because of his great love had 
he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though that we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Amen? Praise God that we have received his grace. Many of us, many people don't go to God to receive grace. Many of us try to live our own way of appeasement, of doing good or trying to appease God and, and, and doing better than the person beside us. But friends, there is nothing that will cover us other than the grace of Jesus Christ. Only faith is a free gift of God. Believers, are you squandering the gift of grace by continuing to sin? As Paul has asked, do we keep on sinning so grace may abound? What does he say? Yes. Oh, sure. Sounds good. No, he says, may it never be because of what Christ has done for us. We know that sin is against God who made us, and we know that unless we confess it, then we can't receive the good news of Jesus Christ. So let us see, even in our sin, a need to call out for grace. Maybe you've been fighting this grace. Maybe you've tried to make your own way. Maybe you're trying to do all sorts of things to get back to God. But friends, you are struggling because you haven't turned to Jesus. There was a story that Watchman Nee, a Chinese pastor, shared that, that he was, uh, they were near the water and one of his uh, disciples uh, that he was discipling, a believer that he was encouraging, fell into the water, the deep water, and he turned to someone who was nearby who was known to be a great swimmer. He said, go save him. And the swimmer, the good swimmer just stood there and watched. And he kept pleading, go, go get him. Go save them. Jump in the water. And he just stood there and watched. And the guy in the water was just flailing and flailing and flailing. And he kept bobbing and bobbing and bobbing until finally he started to go under. When he started to go under, the, the swimmer, the known good swimmer, jumped in the water then. He rescued him, pulled him out, and saved him. And Watchman Nee just laid into him. The, the guy was saved. He was fine. He was good. He said, why didn't you go right away? Why didn't you call? Because he said, if he didn't stop trying to save himself, he would have drowned me. You know, some of us need to stop trying to save ourselves. And we need to turn to Jesus. Today, we need to be reminded that in the case of our salvation, when sin has entered, we need to stop saving ourselves and yield to the God that we sinned against the grace that he gives us in Jesus Christ. It is then that we will see the riches of mercy in Christ Jesus, who one day we will be seated with him in the heavenly realms where there will be no more sin. Brother, sister, let us both be acknowledging that the sin in our life is grave and hurtful and brings great consequences and repent and run away from it and let us run into the arms of grace in Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the good news of Jesus. But God,
protect our hearts and families. Protect us, Lord. Help us to admit our sin. Help us to know that sin is, is great and that there is only one who can save. We ask, Lord, today that we would look upon the good news of the Jesus Christ and help us to turn to him. Heavenly Father, help us to admit right now if there's something that's going on in our life that we go to you and confess it, but we also admit it publicly to either a friend or a family member or a pastor. May we not allow sin to stay hidden because we'll never defeat it. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would help us to um, turn to you for the grace of sin. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just feel, feel led as we come to sing our song of response. Maybe there's something that you need to confess to the Lord. And maybe while we're singing, you need to come and come to the, to, uh, the altar today and just pray and ask God to forgive you. That you just take that first step and maybe you need to confess something to God this morning. We'll bring that as an invitation, as a response today. But let us sing of this wonderful good news of forgiveness for us all. Let's stand to our feet together. Gives way to darkest night, 
your spirit still is here. And though my strength fades like the light, new mercies will appear. I rest in you, abide with me, until our trials and sufferings give way to final victory. Until our trials and sufferings give way to final victory, be glorified today, be glorified, I pray. Mona, I just have a few uh, announcements. If you would like to talk to someone about trusting Christ or being baptized or joining the church, I'll be near the Next Steps desk and we'd love to talk to you about trusting in the Lord and taking your next steps. If you have a guest, if you're here today, we hope that you filled out the Connect card. If this is your first time, you get a gift. Uh, or if you haven't received that gift, make sure that you fill that out and you go to the Next Steps desk. They can answer your questions about D groups and life groups. And we'd love for you to take your next step today. A couple things. First, the Bible conference is today, this afternoon at 4 o'clock. I encourage you to come. It's not too late to invite someone. And by the way, we said this is a parent and grandparent uh, conference. We did that mostly to kind of help as, as we're trying to refine what we were going to focus on. But this is good for everybody because this is a cultural issue and you will come away equipped how to talk to your friends and family about this issue, to be edified in it. And so we hope today uh, from four to six that you will uh, come uh, and be part of it and maybe invite someone to say, hey, we're having this at the church this afternoon. We'd love for you uh, to be here and to, uh, to hear this. Uh, talk to Peter LaRuffa, our speaker today. He's talked on this several times, and I think, well, actually, I know that you're uh, going to be blessed. Well, we have a busy march ahead of us here at Hebron Baptist Church. A couple things here in just a few weeks. We'll have our Gospel to Every Home launch. For those of you who don't know what Gospel to Every Home is, we are strategically touching, knocking, inviting every door uh, in the 4108 uh, area code. Zip code? Which one is it? Zip code. Uh, and we have worked our way from here up towards, we're past the interstate already. Uh, we're in my neighborhood right now, and so I, I know at least one center lives there. Uh, so, But uh, I at least come to church. So uh, we need to come, and we help us reach our neighborhood. Uh, but uh, please come from 4 to 6 every Sunday, except for the days that are listed. If you've never done it before, we will not throw you to the fire. You will go along a seasoned person. We ask hey, can we pray for you? Is there anything we can pray about? What are some spiritual things that you have? Are you a part of a church? We just let, let the conversation go and try to share the gospel with someone. So come, uh, and we will be putting a special emphasis, especially in the next few months, 
uh, on uh, Easter and Bible school especially. So uh, we'll be talking to you about that when we'll have some dates that we're just going to do some door hanging and stuff. But hopefully that can be a part of your rotation. Even if you can do it once or twice a month, uh, the more teams, the more houses we can hit. So we hope that you can come. And teenagers can come. Our kids come. Uh, it's a great thing for them to see you do and for them to be a part of that. So uh, hopefully you can start doing that. Um, the One thing that's new for us this year, we're having our Good Friday service Friday night from 7 to 8 o'clock. This will be a great opportunity for us to be reminded of the necessity power of the cross. And we hope that you'll come and invite someone that's on Friday night. Actually, Easter weekend is pretty busy. Uh, that Saturday will be our Easter celebration in Egg Hunt. And of course, we'll have Easter service on uh, 10.30 on Sunday. Um, I encourage you, as you leave today, uh, to donate uh, candy but if you would, make sure as you leave today that you would grab a bag of eggs or three. And, and as you're watching, you know, whatever at night, you're streaming something or whatever you're doing, uh, load up those eggs with candy. Uh, that'll help us later on down the road for the Easter egg hunt. So if you can do that, or maybe take some to your life group this week and that you can do it as a life group. But there's many ways that you can do that. Please, as you leave today, help us to get prepared for the Easter egg and next Sunday, is it next Sunday? Next Sunday is the time change. So many of us now have our phones that get us up so we don't have to do anything. But if you use a clock, make sure that you change it like a clock that you set. Make sure you change it next Saturday night. Okay? All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Now I know what we do. Uh, now we finish our worship uh, by giving. We've prayed, we sang, and now we worship as we give. There's several ways that you can do that in the offering plate as it comes around, or electronically, there should be a QR code in front of you that you can scan to give electronically. So let's pray as we go to the Lord to give. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to give. Uh, the many things that we are doing, this, uh, this conference this afternoon, the Easter celebration, uh, the... Uh, events for uh, reaching people in our neighborhoods, uh, our mission teams that we're sending out are all funded by faithful members of Hebrew Baptist Church. So I pray that we, uh, that as we give right now, that Lord, we give out of generosity. And we pray, Lord, that you would multiply the gift and multiply the ability for us to give even more so that your kingdom can be represented well here in Northern Kentucky and the nations. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. compassion love that's never failing let mercy fall on me everyone needs forgiveness the kindness of the Savior the hope of nations let's stand to our feet and sing 
Amen. Thank you for singing. You may have a great week.